This is literally like the first miracle there. Did that give you a lot of confidence? What was that like as a parent going through? Uh, we all know that we're more. Like I told you, I'm a problem solver. I'm a fixer. They came back and said, you have a cancer diagnosis. My response was, okay, so what are we going to do? All right, party people, it is good to be with you on this day. Uh, Y'all know I get excited about having great conversations. And honestly, to have great conversations, you got to be connected to some great people. And so I want to bring to you uh, my friend, uh, Sister Tiara Lee. Um, my family back home was super supportive. They had plugins with different doctors because they worked in the health field. And so um, automatically I had an oncologist, I had a plastic surgeon, I had, you know, I had everything set up ready to rock and roll in a matter of about six weeks. I found, I found out, I traveled back and forth, I found a doctor and then I up and I moved back to Louisiana. Um, initially, we thought that I would only be home for approximately um, six months. The first procedure was scheduled. It was going to be a bilateral mastectomy to remove the tumors. Um, and from that procedure, we were hopeful that I wouldn't have to do chemotherapy. So the first procedure, they did that. It was a 13-hour procedure. They did that, removed all of the tumors. And then a couple weeks later, they called me and said, hey, we got your Anker score types and mine's came back elevated. And because they came back elevated, I had to take chemo. So now my six week window, I mean, my six month window has now been extended. And so because I was now 34 at the time, my oncologist felt that I would benefit from the strongest chemo cocktail because of my age. And so at that time, I started chemotherapy. I went through six intense rounds of chemotherapy, um, anywhere from a four to five hour session each time I went. Um, I did it every 21 days. And so that first week, I would go that Monday. Tuesday, I felt like crap. Wednesday, I felt like a bus hit me. Thursday and Friday, I was just weak. By that second week, I started to feel a little bit better. But by that third week, I'm at my best. I have all my energy back. And then it starts right back over again. So then, like I said, I went through that for six rounds. And, you know, during that time, thankfully, I was with my family. I had my family support to, you know, care for me during those times, to and from the doctor's visits. Um, after I finished my chemotherapy treatment, I went and I had my second procedure done. And then from there, I got the all clear that I was cancer free. And then I was able to return back here to Maryland in 2019. Wow, what a story and I have. Now, what is it like? Uh, because, good night. That, that you just said a mouthful. That's my first time hearing the entire story. Uh, but I'm trying to piece together all of these different themes. So the, the first theme, I guess, I would like you to talk about is 
what is it like as a soldier and in a, in a, a veteran uh, to be in a vulnerable place like that? I mean, you faced a lot of challenging circumstances and now this is another frontier. What was that like? Um, it was it was hard. I will say um, initially, just wrapping my head around my diagnosis in itself was yeah. was a challenge. But once I received the diagnosis from my provider and just talking to my leadership, everybody was on board. Like, hey, what do we need to do to make this happen? And so my leadership, I had 100% backing from them as far as making the phone calls and communicating with the insurance, as far as getting everything needed, you know, to make sure that my transition to Louisiana would have been as smooth as possible. Um, at that particular point, work took a complete back, back burner. Um, the entire year that I spent in Louisiana, it was solely there to focus on my care. Um, still as a you know active duty military member but my medical was my first and only priority during that time and for the duration of the entire 12 months that i was in louisiana that's what i did wow that is beautiful you know because we talk about that and you've got this covering of people it's a different band of people mm -hmm. but it's still a band of people because literally we we need each other to, to survive. So you, you have to be vulnerable and we're all going to be vulnerable at some point in our lives. And we're all going to need that covering. What was it like to come home and to just be blanketed by that covering and be like, okay, like, you know, man, they, they with me, they got me. Um, That was the one thing that I knew going home was going to be more beneficial than me staying here. Um, because like I said, here I have, you know, all I had was my coworkers and my leaderships. I didn't have like a plethora of friends in this area, especially, you know, for something that would require as much care and attention that I ended up needing. Um, and again, my family wasn't in a position to just drop everything they were doing to come up here to be with me. Um, so for me to know that the military allowed for me to go home. I was so grateful for that because I don't want to try to imagine how I would have gotten through that process without the flexibility of being able to be home with my family. And, and kudos to the military uh, that, uh, they, that they allowed you to do so uh, because sometimes we have these hard and rigid uh, rules and boundaries and blah, 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 and processes and procedures and we forget that there are people involved. And I'm not just talking about the military, I'm talking about that church too, because I'm a part of the church. And sometimes we have such red tape and foolishness that we forget there are people involved. Uh, and sometimes this structure that we have needs to be arranged to, uh, to attend to the gifted people that we have uh, so that they can get the attention and, and the, uh, the, the uh, medical uh, uh, attention that they need that fits them best so that they can not just serve in the future, but so that they can live today. So what was it like getting that nod from Uncle Sam to be like, yo, we don't just have you when you out there in uniform marching, but we got you here when you're fighting for your life. 
It was amazing because initially um, when everything came through with the actual diagnosis, like I said, I was assigned a team of doctors. It was about eight doctors that was on my team specifically for me that was ready to get the ball rolling to start my care here. And it was in one of the conversations I had with the surgeon that I just, you know, explained to him like, hey, I know it's a long shot, but do you think that I would be able to go home for treatment? And he told me, he said, you know, I don't get to make that call. It's ultimately up to our insurance provider. He said, I can write up the paperwork, he said, but the few times that I've done it, I've written it up and it usually gets pushed back. He said, but he was willing to write it. So I said, okay. And you know, just like you say, tying it back to the church. <laughs> I had to yeah. home and prayed about that thing because I hey! And lo and behold, he wrote it. Yeah. It did not get pushed back. It got approved the first time it went through. And so there was no pushback. And so he called me and he was like, hey, you know, um, the insurance said that they will cover it. You just have to, you know, you're responsible for your own transportation there, but your medical coverage, as far as your doctors, your treatment, your procedures, you know, all of that will be covered. And so, oh <laughs> look, I have now, no complaints. Now, <laughs> now, now, let me ask you this. What, what did that do for you? You see me beating on my chest. I'm just so pumped up after hearing your story. Like, what did that do for you in process to this miracle because long before you get to this miracle this is literally like the first miracle there it's like wow like i fell on my knees i cried out to the lord he answers did that give you a lot of confidence in going forth with with not just with the military but in your faith to continue this this journey absolutely um i think for me moving forward um, like I told you, I'm a problem solver. I'm a fixer. Yeah. So they came back and said, you have a cancer diagnosis. My response was, okay, so what are we going to do? What, how, what, what's next? Okay. We have a surgery. Cool. Let's do that. I got to have chemo. Okay. Let's do that. Like I, I was always just ready for, okay, what's next? You know, like what's the next step? What else can we do? What else What else needs to be done? Let's do it and let's move forward. That was always my attitude and my approach through that whole process. And once I got the green light that I could go home, I felt invincible. I was like, oh, let's do it. <laughs> now, now we gonna really do this thing. Wow, what a blessing. Uh, so uh, that entire process, that's what I wrote down was process. You talked about how it went from, from slow to fast mm -hmm. uh and so did you journal during that time because i think some of the challenging things about these miracles that god allows us to to survive through uh and to experience is that once it starts going fast you're just doing things and then you can't even have remember like wait what, what happened you know so did you journal during that time or what were you doing um initially i tried to journal but my issue is that my brain was going way faster than my hand could keep up yeah. so for me i journaled through photos and videos God. that was how i documented my journey and for me i can easily look back and know exactly what i felt what I experienced, what happened that day, 
by looking at my pictures and my videos. And so that was my way of documenting this journey because I knew I had, my faith was strong that I knew I was gonna come out on the other side. So I just wanted to document the process. And that's what I did through pictures and through videos. Now, one of the things that we haven't talked about, you're a parent. Yes. What was that like as a parent going through uh, we all know that we're mortal. Mm -hmm. we, ain't none of us superheroes. We are superheroes, but none of us are, you know, immortal. Uh, but what was that like as a parent going through that? Um, initially, it was rough um, because during the ultrasound and the biopsy, I didn't mention anything to my daughter because after talking to my doctors and talking to coworkers, everybody made me feel like, oh, probably nothing, you know. And African American women, they're cysts that you know sit and develop, so that's probably what it is. It's nothing, so I didn't think anything of it. But during the time that the diagnosis came, my daughter it was during the summer, my daughter was visiting her father, so she wasn't with me. So, throughout that entire process, I was thankful for that because I was a mess probably that first week just trying to comprehend the diagnosis and now trying to figure out how am I going to do this? And so once we got the all clear that I could go home and I was traveling back and forth to Louisiana, I had already got the okay to go home and I, I still hadn't told my daughter. So the day I landed in New Orleans, the, that was the same day my daughter landed in New Orleans. So instead of her coming back here to Maryland and preparing for the school year here, we met in Louisiana the weekend before my procedure. And so in talking to my doctors, my doctors had informed me, you know, when I went through the, the pre-medical counseling, you know, as far as like how to talk to your children about it, my doctor shared it with me. She said, your daughter will receive it how you deliver it. She said, so if you deliver it, that everything is okay, this is what it is, that's how she's gonna receive it. If you deliver it and you in pieces, it's going to scare her and that's how she's going to receive it. And so I did just that. I, I explained to my daughter what was going on and I told her, you know, hey, I'm going to have this procedure. In the meantime, we're going to be with Nana and Papa. So she was like, oh, we get to hang out with Nana and Papa. So, you know, it wasn't as bad. But on the inside, you know, I knew that I didn't know what what was going on. I didn't know really how bad it really was, you know, but I had to save face for her because I didn't want her to be worried or concerned because anytime people say cancer, you know, ultimately people attach something negative to that. And I didn't want that. 